It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spurs in full cry here. Welcome listeners to The Extra Inch, my name is Windy and you join me today for a bonus episode with a special guest from the world of Fantasy Premier League. I have with me one half of FPL family, it's Sam. Welcome Sam. Hiya Windy, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Sam, as well as being a pretty much full-on celebrity in the world of FPL, you're also a Spurs fan, hence yeah. you're here with us. Tell us about you and your love of Spurs and where it came from. Um, so it's kind of in the blood really. Um, my mum is a, is a die-hard Spurs fan. She's a season ticket holder in the in the South Sand and she goes goes with my uncle every week, um, or every home game at least. And um, yeah, so it, it kind of came from her. It was either that or go with my dad's side of the family who are Chelsea fans. Um, but well, I wasn't that keen on that. My brother went that way and I kind of went with my mum my mum's loyalties and never looked back really it's been one of those things as a child um one of my dad's friends was um a policeman at, at old white hart lane um so we used to go and sit in the police seats quite a lot um sort of back in the in the good old days of sort of ledley king and 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 those guys so yeah it's it's been a it's been nice because it's my local club as well really um so being able to go regularly is is always nice and you were telling me before we started that your other half lee is a liverpool fan but you've managed to get an agreement where the kids are going to be Spurs fans that's right yeah so the um he's Liverpool as you say so it made for some interesting times during the Champions League final oh god Um, oh god I hadn't even thought of that it wasn't pleasant. I I actually went to um, the new the new Tottenham Stadium um, to watch it on the Drumbatrons because I just did not want to be around him um, <laughs> at that point. I just thought we we might end up in divorce if we if we watch it in the same house. So I went there. Um, but before we had the kids, we kind of sat down and had a chat about you know who were they going to support? Because um, quite a big deal, isn't it? You know who who whose loyalties do they side with? And we ended up deciding that they would be Spurs because actually Lee's family are all they're all Tottenham apart from him. He's this rogue Liverpool element within his family. Um, so I often go to White Hart Lane with my brother-in-law. Um, so it kind of makes sense for them to be Spurs. Plus, it's 25 minutes down the road from us to get to, to Spurs. Whereas for us to go to Liverpool, it's like four hours. And I want the kids to grow up like I did, being able to go to the football regularly and enjoy kind of the atmosphere of, of the game's life. I massively feel your pain with the Champions League final thing. Um, my, my other half, she's not into football at all, which suits me, <laughs> suits me very well. Um, but her family are from Liverpool and all support Liverpool. Um, I have 
have to say they were very nice about it. How was how was Lee post Champions League final? Was he was he a bit smug or was he quite kind? No, he was actually really nice about it. I think in a normal situation in a you know Champions League final, if either of our sides would have made it, we would have wanted the other one to have won it. So if you know if we weren't playing against them, and he and he's always had a bit of a soft spot for Spurs, given that all of his family are are Spurs fans, and you know he was he he was very very humble with it. So that that boded well. I bought a program when I was at the at the stadium and kind of thought I'll, I'll want that if we win and then obviously when we lost I came home and went you can have this so <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really want to keep it after that but no he was really good about it to be fair. Bless and and when did your love of Fantasy Premier League start? Um, so that was Lee's fault, actually. We, um, we've been together for, for a very, very long time now. Um, and he used to play Fantasy League without me. Um, and about kind of 13, 14 years ago, he said, why don't you play with me? You know, you know a lot about football, so get involved. Um, at which point I was like, well, all right then. But I kind of never really took it that seriously, to be honest. It was one of those things that I would like on a Friday night, I'd go, oh, I quite fancy bringing this one in. And it would be just like rogue kind of out there decisions. Um, very last minute never really paid attention to like the markets and price rises and anything like that um so yeah it started 13 years ago and then three years ago lee said you know i'm fed up we have these conversations every friday night um just you and i sitting on the sofa but actually there's a massive community out there that are doing the same thing so let's kind of make a recording of us talking about all things fpl um and see see if people fancy watching it and it's it's kind of grown from there really they definitely did want to listen to you two talk fpl you've got a really popular fan channel on youtube now and this season you've both both branched out as well so you're you're helping out with the official fpl coverage via the podcast with james richardson which is amazing but also their videos as well yeah so we started doing the um official fpl show last season so we were doing that sort of once a month last season Um, and then this season we have upped that so we're kind of doing it maybe like twice a month now Um, but we're also now appearing on their new youtube show fpl fyi um which goes out at the end of um each week so it's normally about thursdays that that goes out on the official premier league youtube channel um, and like you say, we we now do the official FPL podcast as well. So it's kind of grown beyond anything that we ever dreamed that it would really in reality. How is that? It must be so surreal when you turn up to a studio and there's a, a genuine football legend there in James Richardson, who, I mean, I grew up watching him on Football Italia and, uh, you know, I've listened to him ever since, basically. He's an amazing um, football voice. It must be very surreal. It is. It's a it's a really strange... Um, for the first time we met James, it was like, wow, okay, this is, a, like, this is like proper football hero stuff, you know, listening to somebody that's been in the game for such a long time and, and has kind of got a real proper reputation in in the football community um and it is strange every time we go down there because there's always or nearly always an ex-footballer or a current footballer um in the green room having done a show um around the same time that we're in there so we've met a lot of kind of famous footballers um through doing this kind of stuff like I met Tim Sherwood the other week and we've met Dominic Matteo lots of like really really nice nice people we met Simon Francis the Bournemouth um defender a few a few months ago when he was off injured 
So it is, it's really strange because you find yourself mixing in, in circles that we never dreamed kind of would happen. Um, but they're all just so lovely and you kind of forget that they're just genuinely you know, normal people. Um, they just happen to have really exciting jobs. And I have to say, you're both very good on there and you are kind of on there as the experts. And that is for a reason. You, you're very good at football, fantasy football. You're not just good at talking about it, but you're very good at playing it as well, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we, um, I, I think if I'm, if I'm really honest, the, um, since we started um, the FPL family, that's kind of been, for me, the big driving force behind doing better at it. I was distinctly average at FPL, um, apart from one season. Lee and I had a bet um, probably about nine years ago now on FPL because um, he was like, you know, I, I'll bet you can't beat me. And I was like, I will, I will. Um, and it's the only season prior to us starting FPL family that I ever beat him. Um, so we've got two cats now as a result of me beating him because that was the bet. <laughs> um, but he, um, yeah, he was always a lot better than me. And it was one of those things that I think being a, a woman in, in the football community sort of three years ago, even it's changed a lot even in three years and there was a lot of at the beginning it was a bit like well if I'm going to be a woman and put myself out there as a you know somebody who knows something about football and FPL I've got to be better at it than I currently am doing so we take it quite seriously it's still a lot of fun and I think we've always said if the fun ever goes out of it that's when we'll stop doing this but for now it's really really good fun um and yeah we we're we're actually all right at it (laughs) it does seem like quite a um a joyful little community i have to say i'm i'm not like fully embedded in this community but um when i when i dip my toes in the water and, and have a look or have a listen all i see is positivity everyone's very supportive of one another's ventures and that's really rare and really lovely um you also you've been on the scout cast a few times from um fancy football scout yeah so we um we work quite um quite heavily with um, Fantasy Football Scout now. We have a partnership with them. So Lee and I both make appearances on Scoutcast and we also produce video content for them that goes out on their YouTube channel. So I make my own um, video every week, which is called Sam Says. Um, It normally goes out on a Wednesday um, and it's basically reflecting on three or four of the big games from the weekend, talking about them from an FPL point of view and what what the stats from that game would suggest we do with our FPL assets moving forwards. Um, and then Lee and I also have one that we put out together, which goes out every Monday, which is called Sam versus Lee. Um, and in that video, we pick three picks, a defender, a midfielder and a forward for the following game week um, based on a theme. So this week's theme um, is teams that are playing away from home. So we've all had to we both had to pick some players that are playing away from home this weekend um, and we see who wins each week. Nice, nice. You obviously put a hell of a lot of time into this and you've got, <laughs> and you've got young children as well. Um, yes. Are you doing this like on top of day job? Um, so I, um, I used to be a secondary school teacher back before oh, we had wow. our children um, and I gave that up when our youngest was born because with two small children it was just it it was just too much to be honest um so we gave I gave that up and an FPL kind of started around um our little our littlest was about one when we started doing um the FPL family and it's kind of taken over so it has become for me it's become my job alongside yeah. being a stay-at-home mum um so I'm sort of here there and everywhere recording things writing articles and we write quite a bit for some Norwegian newspapers as well so I'm kind of doing bits and pieces all over the place um lee still has a full-time job that he fits this around as well as being a dad and a husband as well so he is majorly busy all the time um but it's 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 one of those things that it's a nice it's a nice hobby that we have that you don't mind it taking up your time because at the end of the day it just involves us sitting around watching a lot of football which is what we love most in the world so it's great yeah you can't really go wrong with that can you it's perfect no (laughs) and i i 
um, yeah, I've just got so much respect for how much content you are both able to produce with everything else you've got going on in your lives because I know exactly what it's like. We do this as a, as a hobby on the side. We work, we all work full time. Mm. Um, and it's tough. It's really tough to find the time and it's tiring and you get in from a busy day at work and the last thing you really want to do is um, you know, set up your, your mic and get everything ready and, and record. But we love it, don't we? It's, it, it's so much fun and it's, it's the kind of the community it creates and the feedback you get which makes it all worthwhile. It does absolutely and I think sometimes the the football communities get a bit of stick for you know the the negative sides of it that come out in in the newspapers and in the press but actually the FPL community does often bring together most of that football community as and all the different kind of fan bases from all the different clubs and that kind of you're always going to have your loyalties to your own club but you actually can see the positives in in other people's as well which actually is quite nice it's quite a nice way to see the game um as well as kind of keeping your your own loyalties to your individual team yeah and i wanted to ask you about that um it's something that i've found troubling over the years do you let your love for spurs impact on your fpl management Oh, I, yeah, I mean, so every time I'm on the podcast, James always says, you know, uh, you, this Sam's here, she's Harry Kane's biggest fan. Um, and when it comes to FPL, I potentially do. Harry Kane's always my first pick of, of when I'm doing my team every year. So there is potentially an element of bias that comes into it with Spurs, although I I will admit when I'm wrong about, you know, picking the wrong Spurs player, and that does happen sometimes. Um, I think I, tr- I do find it difficult sometimes to pick Arsenal players, um, although I will do that if they're on good form. It just means that I, I just don't like to kind of, I don't want to be cheering for yeah. for them to, you know, yeah. I don't I don't like to have a Bamiang, for example, because I don't really want them scoring goals. But yeah. there, there's that element to it that definitely comes into play. But I, I think most of the time I'm like, you know, you'll speak to, speak to my little one who will say, you know, who do we want to score today, mummy? And I'm always like, oh, this one or that one. And he's like, but we want them to lose still, right? And I'm like, yes, that's <laughs> right. We want them to score, but we also then want them to lose. So, yeah. You've taught them well. I think yeah. um, that's one of the biggest criticisms I hear of Fantasy Premier League, that it encourages you to cheer for players that uh, you would normally be booing. Um, and my answer to that is always that these are very separate things. So your your love for your club is one thing, but you're also watching, like from a fantasy football perspective, you're watching objectively and thinking yeah. kind of coldly about players and not thinking they play for Arsenal, so I want them to lose. You're thinking they play for Arsenal, but they're actually doing really well at the moment, so it makes sense for me to select them. Like a Absolutely. lot of a lot of the Spurs leagues you'll you'll see will have a rule which is no Arsenal players allowed. And I'm like, well, I'm also competing in other leagues where that's not a rule, so I'm not gonna be in that league because I yeah. need I might need an Arsenal player. Like I haven't got any in my team at the moment and I actually I don't think I've had any all season. That's because Arsenal is shit at the moment. But, <laughs> but but generally, I mean, it wouldn't like I wouldn't not have an Arsenal player just because I'm a Spurs fan. No, and I think so. Last season, I I bought in Torreira um, for that game where he hit that bicycle kick, ridiculous goal. Um, annoyedly immensely because he was like, "Where have you pulled that one out of the bag <laughs> from?" But actually, it came from just needing a cheap starting player. Um, so I was like, "Well, look, Arsenal aren't on a bad run at the moment. The fixtures are okay. He's going to start." Oh, let's just take a punt on him. He's a cheap asset. And, and you know what? If he doesn't do anything, it doesn't matter. So there's there's elements like that to it as well. Like I, I don't have any hard and fast rules about who I'll own. I'll just own the players that have the best fixtures and are in the best form 
at that particular moment in time. But there will always be a Spurs player in my team. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't disassociate that much. There has to be a Spurs player in there somewhere. Nice. Okay. So you mentioned fixtures there, and you mentioned form. What are your main pieces of, of advice for, for FPL? I mean, bearing in mind that some people listening will not even play the game, but others will be kind of casual players. So what would you say are the best bits of advice for casual? Um, I think the thing that has made a massive difference to me um, over the years is when I started to look at the price the price changes because actually at the start of the season obviously everybody has a set price um, and it's obviously just working out who who's gonna you know be good at the price point that they are and making sure that you're on them because they all go up in value um, as more people buy into them so for example um, Lundstrom has gone up now 1.2 million which is absolutely enormous in terms of the amount of transfers in he's had and he is now so heavily owned that if you don't own him and he does something, it has a massive impact on your ability to kind of climb up the overall ranks. Um, so for me, it's watching the price rises that's made a big difference. And there's lots of apps out there that will do that for you um, and will tell you when players are about to hit a hit a price rise or hit a price drop so you can protect and gain team value, which will allow you to have the better players over the course of the season. So are you someone that will um, get a player in like at the start of the week just to just to avoid a price drop? even though they might then get injured in training um so i will do it if i have to um so if it's a player that i really want and i'm going to be priced out if i don't do it then i will i have been known to do it early in the week um but i don't like to do it on like european weeks because you just never know normally it's because i'm bringing in a player that's playing european football and i don't like to bring in a player just in case they get injured in the Mm. midweek fixtures but i never worry too much about training it's kind of i'll watch the price rises i like to do i have a rule that i won't ever make any decisions on deadline day so from if it's a saturday deadline friday night before i go to bed that's it no more changes after that because it always goes badly for me whatever i do on on the day of the games it's it's just a disaster so I don't like to leave it to to the last minute, but I will leave it as late as the price rises will enable me to. Nice. And it, uh, if I talk briefly about this season in FPL, um, actually, we should have recorded a few days ago, but I had to cancel because I wasn't feeling well. And I really wish we had recorded them because I was I was in the top 10k at that point. Nice. And I was feeling quite smug. Uh, now I've I've had a terrible game week and I've plummeted 30,000 places so far. The game week's not over yet. Um, I mean, generally, I'm not a great fantasy player. I've had a couple of top 20k finishes but generally I'm I'm nowhere. Um, this season it's going well. And I think the thing I've learned this year, or the thing I've accepted, is just stop making transfers. It's um mm. that's that was always my biggest temptation was to 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 try and make too many changes to follow the trends and actually just sticking with your team can work out better in the long term. And my mistake this week was that I brought in Human Son for uh Kevin De Bruyne. I, I really wanted an extra Spurs midfielder because I we've been doing pretty well and we've been scoring goals. Um and De Bruyne was the only one I could feasibly Bring him, in, bring him in for and he'd struggled for a couple of game weeks and then he absolutely punished me with his performance against Arsenal where he was just outstanding and I think he got 19 points or something whereas Son got two um, so very disappointing um, how are you getting on this year? Um, so I'm having a bit of a roller coaster. I think um, I'm sort of in the top 10k then out the top 10k and then back in again it, it's been one of those seasons where 
I think this year there's um, a lot less what we call dead teams. Um, so teams that haven't been changed since game week one. Right, um, yeah. So for for me, there seems to be a lot of teams that are a lot more teams this year that are still functioning, um, and that means that actually the, the the number of points between each place is is minimal. So there's like at the moment I'm I'm about seventeen k. Um, so I, I'm, I've got a nice green arrow this game week because I had a terrible week last week. Um, but there's only about I think it's one point between me and fifteen hundred places above me. So it's it's very very close and and the slightest little thing so i've got zahar playing in the palace game which which we haven't seen yet um if he does anything then that'll probably see a really nice green arrow up probably around the 13 14k mark something like that um so yeah it is it's really really close um and it's it's really frustrating because i kind of feel like i spend three or four weeks building up and get back into sort of at one point i was at 3k and i was really happy with that um and then abamian punished me because he did he got two goals that game week and it was a monday night game and it just sent me back right right down again and you kind of think oh it's frustrating but it's what we love about it and do you feel that it affects your mood or do you feel that the fact that you talk about it so regularly um kind of helps get it out get it out of your system yeah i don't i actually don't find that i'm too i don't find i get that grumpy about um fpl anymore i think i used to because i used to feel a lot more pressure when we first started doing fpl family i think i felt a lot more pressure to do well at mm. it and therefore if i had a bad game week i'd kind of be a bit like oh god like it's all gone wrong people are gonna say, say what is she doing you know blah 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 but actually now i think i just i just kind of make my own decisions i, I tend to be a um a gut feeling um fpl manager if 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 it feels like the right thing to do i'll do it even if it's not really following trend um so i went with delhi when i bought in a spurs midfielder i went delhi over sun um even though everyone was saying i oh, know why are you getting sun it just felt like the right thing to do to own delhi i, I kept saying even before we had Mourinho start, I kept saying, I think Delhi's going to go on a run. I, I do really think that he's the Spurs asset to own. Um, and actually, he has been, if you look at him, over mm. over that period of time since Mourinho's arrived. Um, but I do now think, I think you're, you're set up quite well having the Spurs double up because the fixtures over Christmas are really nice. And I can see those two doing really well together in the midfield. So Thank you for making me feel better. I needed <laughs> that. I've been miserable today. I've got, I've got a friend at work. I've got a work league, actually, but there's a, a, a friend who's an Arsenal fan. And... Uh, he's hot on my tail in our league and I'm just keeping an eye on him and I saw him today and I kind of I didn't want to broach the FPL subject because he caught up like 40 points a minute it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. (laughs) 
Spurs as well, don't we? It's been we quite a, a traumatic season. Um, I suppose the first thing to say is, how do you feel about how things have gone? Were you potch in or potch out by the end? Oh, so I, I really loved Pochettino. I had a real... Um, I was really upset, actually, when he when he got fired. I think I... And I said to Lee, I remember the night he went, I was really upset about it for about half an hour. I was like, please don't speak to me. Just leave me to, like... <laughs> just leave me to brood over it for a little while. And then, actually, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, there's been a hell of a lot of whisperings and rumours and stuff about, you know, what, what life has been like at Spurs in the last six months and, you know, training grounds and all of that kind of stuff and, and Poch's relationship with the players. Um... And I and I remember saying to Lee, do you know what? Maybe it's maybe actually after five years, we we do I do feel like we've stagnated a little bit, and I do feel like change could be good. It just depends who that change is. Um, but also knowing Levy, um, as we all do, um, so well these days, it was like he's not going to have sacked the manager without having a plan for somebody to come in straight away. It's, it was too funny a time for it to have happened. Um, and then when it was Mourinho, I was like, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about this at all because obviously the other half of my family are Chelsea, um, and he did very well for them. But having watched him at Manchester United and and his slight arrogance, I just was like, I'm not sure how that's going to fit with the Spurs the way that we are um, as a fan base and as a team. Um, I just wasn't sure that Mourinho was the right man. But at the moment, he seems to be proving me wrong, which is always nice. He's certainly saying all the right things, isn't he? Yeah, he, um, he's he gone from being this kind of really arrogant um, guy who, who you know, rubs everyone up the wrong way um, to somebody that seems to be more thoughtful about what he's saying. We we did um, an appearance with um, Jolien Lescott on, on the FPL show a few weeks ago and we were talking to him in the green room. He asked who we supported and, and he was talking about Spurs and I said about how I feel like Mourinho is, is different somehow um, in the last sort of since he's been at Spurs and um, he was saying yeah he's he's had like been talking um a lot about mental health of players and, and how to breed good mental health in players um and what you should say to in, you know encourage that and I actually think you can see that and and now he said that to me and listening to to Mourinho in interviews you think yeah actually I can I can see that change in you and I can hear you saying things that you would never have said in in your Man United days or in your Chelsea days so, so Lescott had heard that Mourinho was doing work on players' mental health. Yeah, on like how he can encourage it to be better and how he can kind of deal wow. with people differently. Um, and I think, you know, if you even think back to that situation with Eric Dyer where he took him off on the 28th minute, like that could have had a massive impact on Dyer and on his performances moving forward. But actually Mourinho came out at the end of the game, didn't he, and was talking about how it wasn't about Eric, it was about the team and we just needed to change because it was all going badly wrong. Um, and you think, actually, it's interesting that you've done that because you could easily have just come out and gone, no, look how wonderful I am. I pulled off a weak link and the team suddenly improved. But it, it was not about, it wasn't about him. It was about the team and it was about protecting Dyer as well. And I, I kind of liked that. I thought that was not really very Mourinho or not the Mourinho of the past. So maybe, maybe he's fooled me, but it does feel like we've got, got a bit of a different Mourinho now. That's such a good point about the dire thing. And we, I remember we spoke about that on our podcast um, after after that had happened. And, I mean, it's become even more interesting now after the Duncan Ferguson and, and Moise Kane thing yesterday. Yes. Um, but the thing about the dire sub was everything about it was perfect. Dyer came off and didn't make a single bit of fuss. There was no kind of daggers. He just got off the pitch, shipped in his hand, whatever, sat down, no fuss. Him coming off changed the game in our favour. So it was totally the, the right decision. Mourinho was justified in doing it. And then the post-match stuff was handled so expertly by Mourinho. Mm. 
Like he, he bigged up Dyer and said this wasn't about Eric Dyer, it was about what the team needed at the time. I think Eric Dyer is a really good player and like he, he said he the way he handled the situation was a team man, a consummate professional. Yeah. So absolutely. actually there was no lose from that. Mourinho was so expert in that situation and I was really surprised and I shouldn't be surprised because he's he's done it for years. He knows what he's doing, he's not an idiot. Um it's just that we'd become so accustomed to his kind of moody, self centered, um, flexion tactics at United. Yeah. You kind of forget how how, how wonderful he was in, in previous roles. Um, and I've just been so pleasantly surprised by his kind of uh, new attitude towards his players. And it's really interesting because, you know, he's also um, encouraging kind of this community at Spurs that we hadn't really seen under Poch so much in the in the latter part of his reign. Um, so one of um, my mum's friends, her son is one of the chief ball boys at Spurs. Um, and so he got invited to go for lunch um, with, with the team before the Burnley game, um, at the last game at home. Um, and it was really interesting listening to to what he had to say because he was talking about how you know he there's a bit of a hierarchy on the tables at pre match and the, you know who sits where and the team that are going to play and you know the subs and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and apparently they they saved a seat for for him um, between Son and Kane and he sat there between them and um, Mourinho went and made a big fuss about him Aww. and Lucas Moura gave him his kit at the end of the game. But it was Mourinho was very much kind of he's trying to create this community where the ball boys, the ball boys are part of the team um, and they kind of it, it just feels like he's trying to make a bit more of a family down there and it felt like that was what was broken towards the end of Potty's reign it didn't feel like that they were a community and that they were a family it felt like they were all just individual players who were either at the end of their contracts and looking to go somewhere else or players that were you know like Kane who were born and raised and are probably going to be there till till the end um but that they were individuals whereas now it does feel very much like Mourinho is trying to bring them all back together again which can only bode well and it's boded well so far you know we're we're in a lot better position now than we were a few weeks back absolutely it's really fascinating to hear you say that and um thank you for relaying that story because it's we obviously seen the external stuff with the ball boys like mm. he's uh celebrating with the ball boy and uh that particular kid got invited to, to dinner the following week and to to take it to lead out the, the team um but it's nice that he's kind of carried that that on that's a really nice touch and quite a simple thing to do but yeah. something that actually means a lot to people absolutely they're all doing it now so every home match one of the ball boys will go for for lunch with the players and and that's really nice i think that's a really nice that he's brought to the club amazing um okay so we had a couple of listener listener questions for uh, about fantasy premier league okay uh, one first one is from newman who says who's a player you rate massively but who doesn't show up on the fpl score sheet and similarly who's a player who is an fpl stud but you don't think is that great of an actual footballer so if we start with the one that you rate but doesn't turn up in fpl who is there someone that stands out so from a spurs point of view um my favorite spurs player is is toby i, th- I think toby is an absolute hero um but actually from an FPL point of view in the last few years he's kind of gone really massively under the radar because Spurs haven't really been keeping clean sheets um, and he's under the potch kind of play he's not he's been sitting obviously in defense and he's not really got involved in the attacking play these new long balls over that have come in since Mourinho might change that and we might see him appearing on the team sheet more but I think from a from an FPL point of view I, he's he's been really he's underrated in terms of how good he is because it doesn't relate in terms of FPL scores He's someone I've got my eye on, actually, over Christmas. Yeah, um, me too. 
he, he's an interesting price point and also like you say those long balls have been quite profitable so far and if we can keep those up then I'd be really tempted to draft him and the only thing is I've already got two Spurs players now and having three and then if if we didn't maintain this really good form I'd be a bit concerned uh to have three think, Spurs players in my team. I think the good thing about Spurs players at the moment is is the price points that they're at because if for any reason Delhi or Son or, or Toby if you go that way don't perform there's so many other players that you can move move to fairly easily mm. um, it always worries me a little bit when I go for a really cheap player because actually moving to somebody else is a challenge then it might take me a couple of transfers to, to get the money to do that whereas to downgrade or you know change from Delhi or, or change from Toby it's fairly easy that's a really good point and a good bit of advice as well. Uh, so two other players that I, I obviously rate highly but don't show up in FPL are Fernandinho and Kante. I, mm. I feel like good defensive midfielders just aren't valued in the game. They, they tend to be low priced and basically most of the good FPL players just don't bother with them. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so because um, there are it, within their teams they are so important um, in, in how their teams function. Um, but yeah, actually there's probably better players that you could own from an FPL point of view. I think, you know, um, Kante in particular is so, so important in the way that Chelsea team work that if, but from an FPL point of view, it, it just doesn't correlate into, into points. Mm. And so how about the flip side? The person that's an FPL stud, but you don't think is that great technically. Oh, now, so this one's more difficult because a lot of the, you know, the really good FPL assets are, are there for a reason. Mm. Um, I'd, I, I don't know. I I tend to find that like the 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 highly uh, the expensive. Like I'm not, I'm yet to be impressed by and I probably this is going to be my Spurs bias coming out. But I'm I'm yet to be impressed by Pepe at Arsenal. I think he's so expensive um, in the game, and I'm not seeing anywhere near enough from him that would suggest that he's worth all those FPL pounds to own him. Good shout, good shout, and I'll I'll, I'll put a shout out there for uh, Lundstrom as well, who's been a complete hero in FPL terms. And don't get me wrong, he's a he's a handy player for Sheffield United, um, but he's nowhere near as good as he is in FPL, and that's because they made a mistake in listing him as a defender when he's actually a, well, basically attacking midfielder. Yeah. The way he's played, uh, th- does that happen often? Do you get many players who are uh, classified incorrectly? Not that often. Um, they're normally fairly good at, at getting them in the right places, but I think they are, yeah, very occasional. Occasionally, there's a there's a player that the likes of Lundstrom who becomes an FPL gift. Um, it's just somebody that you have to own because they're out of position um, and, and they do wonderful things for you. Um, but yeah, not not very often. We don't get them that that often. So you've got to take advantage when they come along. Oh, 100%, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have another question from uh, Planet FPL Pod who says, Harry Kane for Christmas? Oh, of course, always. I think, um, so I, I was disappointed in myself really because I've owned Harry Kane since the beginning of the season. I think he was um, 11 million when the game launched and that was the cheapest he'd been in, well, pretty much forever since he since he was a, a really good Spurs asset anyway. Um, and so I owned him, I held him for all that time. And then just before the Burnley game, after the Manchester United game, I was like, do you know what? He's very expensive. Um, he's not really doing as well as he should be um, when you compare him to the, the Spurs midfield. So I took him out um, and replaced him, did a double swap and got Delhi instead. And then he punished me with a with a brace and, um, and an assist in that game. And I was there at the time. I was in the South Stand going, kind of going, oh, for God's sake, Harry, why, why, why now? Um, this is a nightmare. <laughs> and I'm willing Delhi to just score a goal but you know it is what it is we'll take a 5-0 win and and, and I'll take the two assists that Delhi got me um, but I am I still own have my first wild card um, intact and I'm planning to play that just before game week 19 so at that point um, I'll be bringing Kane back for Christmas yeah absolutely 
Nice. So his fixtures are Chelsea and Brighton at home, Norwich and Southampton away, and then Liverpool at home. They're they're not bad fixtures, are they? No, absolutely. And and we're taking our little boy um to the Brighton game on Boxing Day. It'll be his first his first Spurs match. Um, and I I always have a rule that if I'm going to Spurs, I always captain. Or if I'm going to any match, actually, I always captain a player I'm going to watch. I just think it adds a whole other dimension to to the excitement of the game. Um, right. so I would I really want to have a captain's armbands on Kane for that Brighton game. So I probably won't have him for Chelsea um, unfortunately because I actually think he could do quite well in that Chelsea game um, but I will have Delhi, and then I'll have the both of them for, for Boxing Day So we want a Harry Kane hat-trick on Boxing Day for, for your f- fancy team and also your little boys for first game at the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium Oh for um, sure what- what have, you, what have you made of Kane so far this season? There's been a lot of criticism just generally about his play. Um, people have, Some people have said he's finished. Some people have said that injuries have caught up with him. Some people have said he's not playing uh, far forward enough. What have you made of his appearances that you've seen? Um, so I, I think he was played wrongly by Poch um, in the beginning part of this season. I think Poch had, had him playing, had the team playing just in a formation that wasn't working and it was meaning that he was getting increasingly frustrated and dropping deeper in order to get get involved in the play really because Kane isn't one of those players that's happy to just you know sit around and wait for the ball to come to him he wants to he'll go out there and get it if it's if it's not working for him um and so I think that that did mean that he was sitting a lot deeper if you look at the heat maps for Kane since Mourinho has come in he does still drop deep occasionally but it tends to be towards the end of the games where we've been kind of giving away leads um and, you know, conceding kind of later on and then he drops back to kind of help with the defence. But up until the sort of 70th minute, he's been a lot more attacking in the last few weeks. And I, I still think that he'll be in there or thereabouts um, with the golden boot at the end of the season. He is just one of those kind of players that once he gets into a run of form, there'll, there'll be no stopping him. And I think the way that, that Delhi and Son and Lucas Moura are playing behind him um, will only benefit Kane over the course of the rest of the season. I I fully agree with everything you said there, Sam. I think you're I think you're spot on, and I share your optimism for Kane getting back to what he once was. Um, other than Spurs over the Christmas period, are there any other teams that you're keeping an eye on? I mean, personally, I I quite like the look of Man United's fixtures, and I'm trying to find a way to either bring Rashford in or possibly even bringing Greenwood back into my team. What what are you thinking over yeah. Christmas? Yeah, so the Manchester United fixtures are lovely. Um, over Christmas, and I think you know Rashford or Martial um makes a lot of sense um over that period um there's also so um some decent fixtures for the likes of Burnley now it's it's kind of tough to get on board with Burnley because it's it's really kind of Chris Wood or nobody um if you want to go that way um and then it depends on how you're set up in terms of the structure of your team if you've got the space to to fit him in Aston Villa's fixtures are lovely um but it's really only Grealish that you would potentially want to go to I I actually I own the keeper I have Heaton as one of my um one of my rotating keepers um so he looks a good bet for the next few weeks too um other than that palace have great fixtures but they're just so inconsistent they seem to be quite good at the back so the likes mm. of martin kelly looks like a good pick um particularly with the rest of their defense seemingly injured or gaita if you want to go for a, a goalkeeper from them um iron zahar at the moment and with his fixtures the way they are he should have been a great pick for the last couple of weeks but he's been dreadful um so i'm really kind of keeping an eye on him because he could could easily make way and and be my kind of way into getting another Spurs midfielder nice some fabulous tips there Sam thank you so much for dropping so much fantasy Premier League knowledge for our listeners Um, if people want to kind of keep in touch with what you and Lee are up to where can where can people follow you what are the best places to kind of watch your content so we have our own YouTube channel Um, so if you search um, FPL family on YouTube will pop up so we do a live stream every Sunday evening at eight o'clock 
British time, obviously. Um, we also have a, a Twitter handle. So we're at FPL Family on Twitter, um, at FPL Family on Instagram. Um, and you'll find videos from us, as I said, on the Fancy Football Scout YouTube channel as well. So um, if you want to give them a search too. Nice. And I highly recommend uh, Sam and Lee's videos. They're just, as I said earlier, joyful is the only word. They're lovely. Really oh, thank great you. content. <laughs> and so I have to say again, I admire you both so much for how much content you are managing to get out there. It's, uh, it's wonderful. It's all good fun. You've been listening to The Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Barney for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindner for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud D Lindner. Do check him out. He's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.